Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Helena. And we both work here at the Emma's Trust. Just a little disclaimer, we're recording this so Zoom still, so apologies if the sound is iffy at any stage. Please do bear with us. We'd like to welcome you to our podcast, Multiple Sclerosis, Breaking It Down, and welcome to 2022. Now, I know we said in the past that we're going to do a topic of worried you have MS for our next episode, but we've really struggled to get hold of a GP to have as a guest on this episode. And what we know from from being in the middle of a pandemic, we're not the only ones who are struggling to find a GP at the moment. Uh, But we promise we're working on it for a future episode. So instead, we thought that it would be a good idea to kick off January 2022 by talking about what the MS Trust is up to this year. We're going to be discussing our hopes and plans for the next year, including how we'll help support people with MS and health professionals too. And we also realised that some people who listen to the podcast might not even know what the MS Trust is or what we do. So we thought that uh, let's start this year off by chatting to MS Trust CEO David Martin about some of the basics. So, hi David, thanks for joining us today. Helena, hi, great to see you. Um, So if you're someone who's new to the world of MS and have just come across the Trust with this podcast, what's a little bit you can tell us about the MS Trust? Well, the MS Trust, I I would always describe it as a bit like a a boutique charity. It's not the biggest multiple sclerosis charity. It's not the smallest multiple sclerosis charity. But I think we certainly, we punch above our weight. We do lots and lots of different things. We're a national charity that we're based in Letchworth when we actually have an office in Letchworth where we can actually go to uh, despite the pandemic. Uh, We do lots and lots of different things, but probably the two things that we do that nobody else does is we provide additional MS nurses into the NHS uh, and we also uh, provide and deliver advanced MS champions. So for those people in the latter stages of their MS journey, uh, we're the only people who are providing those. There's nobody else doing that right across the NHS. So I think that's a pretty proud record. Yeah, we're proud of that. (laughs) Um, But how does the MS Trust help people with MS? Well, what we do is I think we do what we do really well is we listen. We have conversations with people living with MS to try to understand what they want and need to have the best possible lives that they can have while living with MS. Now, it might be them. It might be their carers. It might be their families. But I think through those conversations, we understand how important information is. And we've been doing that now for almost 30 years. So when the charity was first started by Chris and Jill all those years ago, they realized there was a huge vacuum. People were being diagnosed with MS. uh, And then there was nothing, there was no information. There was no Dr. Google at the time. Thank goodness, perhaps. But there was just no uh, information at all. So we thought, why can't we try and fill that void? Um, And so initially we were doing it through leaflets and magazines, which which were being given out through the clinics. But of course, more recently, we've been providing a lot more information online. And so what we're finding is people can start to make their own decisions, their own informed decisions, and and hopefully try to take more of a control of living with this horrible disease rather than have to rely so much on their neurologist and their MS nurse who provide brilliant information. But as we all know, particularly over the last couple of years, it is quite hard to get in front of your, your health professional. Um, And so you sort of touched on this point a little bit, that there's quite a few, well, not quite a few, there's a few other um, MS charities, some which are bigger than us, some which maybe not so big. Um, What are some of the key differences between what we offer and why is it so important that there's obviously the MS Trust versus some of the other charities? 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's a great question, Emma, and it's interesting you should say that because lots of people, the first thing they ever say to me when they meet me is why don't all the MS charities just get together? But I think the reality is we are all quite different. So, for example, you've got the MS Society, which is the biggest charity. It's massive, uh, but they're here just to try and find a cure for MS and good luck to them. They're raising lots of money at the moment, doing lots of research, and I hope they find the cure imminently. Uh, but while we're providing additional MS nurses and MS champions into the NHS, it's the society is trying to look for a cure. And then you've got organizations like MS UK, they provide a really good uh, telephone and online counseling service, which nobody else is doing. You've got Shift MS, which is about newly diagnosed people, largely aimed at people who are about probably younger in their sort of late 20s and early 30s. Uh, and then you've got Overcoming MS, which is very much about lifestyle, trying to challenge and tackle your MS with lifestyle, obviously alongside disease modifying treatments. So a big range of charities, really. Mm. And we try to work with these people as well and, and, and we point people in direction to each other as well, because sometimes there, there's definitely things that they can help with that we don't cover and uh, vice versa, I guess. Absolutely. And, and if I'm honest, I've, I've been in the MS sector now for about four years and I didn't see that much collaboration when I've arrived. And so I did reach out to some of those charities. Some were more friendly, some were more helpful than the others. We haven't really got any traction on that. But you know, only last week, the six CEOs of the, the, the biggest uh, MS charity sat down together and we finally started to our, knock our own heads together to think about what it is that we can do, where we can actually collaborate. Because for the 130,000 people living with MS, I'm sure they want us all to work together and do the most that we possibly can for people living with MS and also to make sure that we don't duplicate at the same time. So hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more of that in 2022. Looking back on 2021, what are the things that the MS Trust has achieved and what are you most proud of that we've done? Um, I think one of the things that I was most proud of, Helena, in, from 2021 was really that we started to have the germs of an idea which I think is going to fundamentally change the MS Trust in the future. You know, so we Since the pandemic, over the last couple of years, things have been really challenging for us and many other charities because we are wholly reliant on money that we get in from fundraising. So whether it's people doing it, walking a mile for us, uh, going on a bike ride and baking some, some cakes, uh, uh, or even running a marathon, uh, those things are absolutely vital. But what we found is quite a lot of that fundraising has dried up over the last year or two. Um, so we've seen our income dip. Um, so the fact that we've simply been able to survive through probably the toughest times in the whole of our 29-year history is just amazing. But then towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2021, we got what was a legacy. Somebody left us some money uh, when they died, uh, and it's the single biggest ever legacy that we've ever had. And that was, it was wonderful timing, but what we're not going to do is fritz that money away. So we started to scratch our chin a bit, sort of talk amongst the directors, the managers, and sit down with our trustees and think about what, all right, what is it that we can do? Is there more that we can do to talk and engage with people living with MS? So we're only just starting to do that at the moment, but I think 2021 We'll look back on it in years to come as the time when we took that initial decision. So it's almost like a bit of a leap of faith, really, because we just don't know what these conversations are going to throw up. But I bet that in five years' time, the MS Trust will be quite different to what it is now. 
and it'll be quite different because hopefully we'll have better, more meaningful conversations with people living with MS and then respond to those conversations accordingly. So we might still be providing nurses, we might still be providing champions, we might still be doing podcasts, but I think there'll be lots of things that we're not doing at the moment that we'll probably be doing in the future. And that for me, that's really exciting. Evidently, you know, we've gone through the pandemic, we're not completely out the other side and the world's um, constantly evolving as um, in response to that. How are the ways that the MS Trust are currently working sort of changing as a result? Well, this, hasn't this pandemic been dreadful? You know, for the last two years, it's, it's been absolutely horrific and it's certainly changed the way that we work at the MS Trust forever. You know, here's me, the CEO. I'm working in my dining room at my dining room table. My dog's just down there sort of nibbling at my feet at the moment. I don't think we'll ever go back to our offices in Letchworth in Hertfordshire. It's a beautiful building, but I don't think we'll ever go back to a situation where we'll be working there full time. I, I think over the next year or so, we at the MS Trust and our 30-odd staff, we'll get to a position where we might be doing maybe one or two days a week in the office, not with everybody there all of the time, but some people being there when they need to, maybe for meetings and other sessions and stuff. Um, but for the rest of the rest of the time most of those people I'm guessing are going to be working at home we've we've got no master plan on this but the one thing I just want to make sure is whether it's our inquiry line whether it's provision of additional MS nurses whether it's the the planning of conference none of that's going to change we'll just need to make sure that we'll shift and pivot and make sure that the MS trust is as good as and effective as possible without changing and hopefully make sure that we make the best use of every pound that we spend. So we're recording this episode in January of 2022. So looking forward to the year ahead, what are some of the most exciting things that we'll be doing for people with MS and also MS health professionals? Gosh, well, we've got so many things lined up for 2022 and some of it is, is more of what we've done already. But some of it will be some new things that are new for the MS Trust. But I think it's built on an amazing um, foundation. We've been doing some work over the last couple of years at the MS Trust on something called our values. Um, and really, the, probably the best way I would describe what our values are is, you know, how do we do things at the MS Trust? What do things look like in, in our office and when we're all working together? And it's interesting, we started the work on that on the January, just before the pandemic started in 2020, wasn't it? March 2020. So we all came together uh, and started thinking about what this should look like. And finally, at the end of last year, after lots of hard work by staff and lots of great work, also lots of insights from people living with MS, we came to came up with our value, our set of values, which are uh, that we're expert, that we're caring, and that we're trusted. And I think those are going to be so meaningful and really influence what we're going to do. Both looking backwards, we're really looking forwards. So hopefully people will notice quite a difference when they're working with us in the near future. So the big things that we've got lined up for 2022, well, first and foremost, I think it's dialing up the voice of people living with MS. I think we've got a pretty good track record already about what we do, whether it's our Facebook group with almost 14,000 people living with MS, putting their views and their comments and their suggestions in there. But I sometimes wonder whether we have to get to people in the, the should we say the almost broadest extremities whether it's people living around the UK maybe people living outside the uh, outside the southeast there are certainly there are some voices we speak to a lot but I'm not sure we listen to everybody all of the time so I I want to challenge the organization and indeed you know challenge all all the workers and all the volunteers at the MS Trust to think about all right what can we do 
to hear and engage more with people living with MS, then how do we respond to that accordingly? So I think lots of changes to come, but lots of exciting conversations in 22 from that. So that for me is the single biggest change. I think there will be more MS nurses. Uh, we're hope, We're hoping that we're gonna be able to appoint an additional three MS nurses during 2022. I'm really excited about that. But I'm really excited about the fact we should be able to appoint our first advanced MS champion uh, in Scotland in 2022 as well. So big times and exciting times. Um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is our conference. Now, we've had 25 conferences so far for MS nurses in particular, uh, for therapists and for other allied health professionals who work in the MS sector. Um, we've got our next conference, is, which is taking place at the end of March, and lots and lots of health professionals have said, you've got to do it face to face. So there's been great demand. Uh, that's taking place at Hinkley Island in Leicestershire. I can't wait, wait to meet a lot of those professionals again and also meet some people for the first time. So that's going to be really good, too. And then one of the things that we really want to try and dial up at the MS Trust this year is volunteering. So. Uh, having talked to lots of the other MS charities, I've seen how many of them really embrace volunteering, whether it's MS UK using volunteers as part, part of the um, counselling service, or whether it's the MS Society using volunteers as part of some of their regional groups. So I don't want to come up with a solution about how we might use volunteers uh, at the MS Trust, but we thought in 2021, Let's think about this a little bit more. So we've appointed a volunteering manager. We've come up with a, a well, a strategy rather than a plan, because the plan is this is what we're going to do. So we've come up with a strategy. We started talking to some of our existing volunteers, and we've got dozens of those already. But we're thinking about what, what would we be able to do if we can engage and embrace with lots more volunteers? So it's not necessarily people stuffing envelopes, but it might be people stuffing envelopes. But there might be some things that we're not able to do at the moment that we can then start to do using volunteers but also we might be able to grow the capacity of what we do at the MS Trust. So don't hear that this is, we're looking to replace staff with volunteers, absolutely not. But my sense is, I bet there's lots of people, I know there's lots of goodwill towards the MS Trust. It's a, it's a great charity, it's a wonderful organization, but I bet there's lots of people who've got a little bit of spare time who want to help us and want to support us and, and then in turn help and support some of those people living with MS. So I think you're going to see lots and lots of volunteering opportunities and that in turn will enable us to do even more than we're doing at the moment. That's great. Thank you. And we're actually going to speak to um, Mark, our volunteer manager, next. So we'll hear about some of those opportunities shortly. That's great. That's great. And he's a really top bloke as well. So I, I'm looking forward to what he's got to hear and what he's got to say as well. Okay, thank cool. you for your help and support. Stay thank safe. You so much. Thank Boy, you. Boy, that lurgy. Yeah, All right, see you, you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, now, if this was a commercial podcast, here is where there would be an advert. But as we're a charity, we don't do that. So instead, we'd like to take the opportunity to tell you all about our fantastic resources for people with MS. Our website, which is mstrust.org.uk, has tons of information and resources for people affected by MS. Um, some of the useful resources on our webpage to help you find out where you can get involved with what we've got coming up for the next year are if you go to um, the drop down menu that says get involved and there's lots of useful pages there covering things like volunteering um, and fundraising and events that you can get involved with. Now, as uh, David said in the uh, in the previous uh, chat, 
um, that we have with him. It's one thing that's really important for us uh, here at the MS Trust is to have people with MS involved in the work that we do. So now we would like to spend this next part chatting with uh, Mark, our new volunteer manager, uh, how, uh, how you could get involved or anyone could get involved with supporting us um, to support people with MS. So, um, as mentioned in David's interview earlier, um, we've recently got a new volunteer manager joined us at the MS Trust. So, welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, could you just start off by telling us a little bit about what you do at the MS Trust? Sure. Well, th thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, I started with the MS Trust in October, and my responsibility really is to look after all aspects of volunteering within the Trust. So. Um, there is and there has been volunteering going on in a fairly informal way at the Trust for quite a while. Um, so I see one of my main roles is, as formalising things slightly um, and, and just ensuring that all of the volunteers that we uh, utilise have a positive experience and what they do is beneficial for the Trust and for all service users of the Trust. Um, it's also to look at developing new roles for volunteers, new things for them to do. Um, and also to uh, support the staff with uh, working directly with volunteers. Uh, so speaking with staff, seeing what their needs are in terms of their work, uh, if we can utilize volunteers to support the staff and then making sure the staff are comfortable with kind of day-to-day -day support of volunteers. So it's fairly uh, all-encompassing. Um, it's a fairly open-ended role. Uh, I'm open to ideas and suggestions from uh, existing volunteers, potential volunteers and all staff about, about what we could do. Uh, it's quite, I think it's going to be quite an interesting role because it is, it is quite open-ended and it's a little bit of a, of a blank page. So very much looking forward to it. So here at the podcast, we've already um, had some experience with working with volunteers as Will has been uh, working with us um, as a volunteer on the podcast. Um, but why is it so important for the MS Trust to uh, have the support of volunteers? Um, well, I think volunteers can bring uh, a range of skills and experience that uh, mightn't be present uh, in any organization. This goes for any organization, not just the MS Trust. Uh, when, when volunteers come in, uh, I think a lot of the volunteers that uh, have been with the MS Trust uh, tend to be people who have MS or are directly connected to somebody with MS. So they can uh, bring a very valuable lived experience um, and, and make sure that uh, we as an organization keep um, MS at the forefront of all the decisions we make and that sort of thing and, and, and can share their experience. Uh, but I think in general, uh, bringing in volunteers uh, for short or long-term projects just means you're bringing in people who are doing it um, for good reasons, they're doing it for altruistic reasons, they're willing to give up their time for free. And uh, that, that so, so you're getting people who aren't doing things just for the money, um, they're, doing th they're doing things uh, for, for kind of positive and altruistic reasons. Uh, it can be a very positive presence to have those people around. Um, it can bring, as I mentioned earlier, extra uh, experience and knowledge that mightn't be part of the trust. Uh, somebody might be supporting us just by cheering at the marathon or something like that. But it may, it may turn out that they have extremely uh, valuable experience in, in something we hadn't even considered. Um, so it's a way of kind of spreading uh, the network of people that we're connected to, um, getting to know a wide, a, a wide range of people and, and just having a, 
uh, I guess, a, a larger sense of belonging within the MS community as well. Um, so it sounds like there's lots of different ways to get involved with the MS Trust. What are some of the uh, projects that we've got coming up this year that volunteers can get involved with them? Um, well, this year we're, we're looking at... Um, Again, a, a range of projects. There's, there's opportunities for people who just want to be involved in uh, quick, short-term micro-volunteering. And then there's opportunities for people who want to get involved in more long-term uh, involved projects. Um, so we have something coming up called The Voice Project. I don't know if you've, you've covered it at all on, on, on the podcast before, but it, it's fundamentally about um, getting more of a, of a voice uh, from people with MS um, and, and giving them contributing their opinions and ideas um, in, a, in a kind of discussion panel uh, way, and obviously the people who who will be involved in that um, may not may not have seen themselves as volunteers, but they're donating their time for free uh, and donating their expertise for free to the trust. So it definitely counts as volunteering, and that's that's going to be a very impactful uh, long term project. Um, but on a, on, on a day-to-day basis, we've got lots of uh, smaller projects. The fundraising team are always looking uh, for people. Um, we're always looking for people to support with our website in terms of um, reading documents, to, uh, proofreading documents or uh, contributing to blogs, um, providing maybe technical support. Um, and then even, even areas that aren't directly connected to MS, like I say, if, if people are looking for experience with fundraising or maybe in something like finance or HR, there's always opportunities for people uh, to support there. So uh, we're at the point now where uh, there's only a few currently defined roles, but uh, pretty much the whole organization is interested in taking on more volunteers. So it's a, it's a very open-ended time at the moment. So say, for example, that somebody wanted to volunteer for the MS Trust, they didn't have a lot of free time on their hands, or perhaps limitations in terms of, I don't know, mobility, Um, would they still be able to lend us a hand? They would do. Um, As I mentioned, we have a lot of what we call micro-volunteering roles and posts, and and the great thing with those is they can take as little as five minutes to do something very quickly. Uh, they're very informal. You don't have to fill in application forms and do background checks and that sort of thing. It's it's a case of us getting in touch with a person, asking them, are you interested in, in supporting with this one thing and reading this one document or in, in checking this one thing for us? And uh, they carry that out and we say thank you. And, and that's the end of their uh, volunteering for that point. Um, so if people are interested, the, the, the easiest thing to do at the moment is to send an email uh, to the volunteer email address, which is uh, volunteer at mstrust.org.uk. Uh, we are hoping to have uh, a larger presence on the website soon enough where people can uh, look at opportunities that are available and can fill in application forms for longer-term volunteering or or just, just drop us a quick line to express an interest in micro-volunteering. And in terms of sort of limitations, do you have to be a certain age or fit a certain criteria to volunteer for the MS Trust? Um, we try to be a, a, as open as we can with it. Um, in terms of age, uh, if you are under 18, um, you would need to get parental permission uh, before you could, you could volunteer with us, uh, just so uh, we don't, we want to make sure that no one uh, feels any kind of exploitation uh, of, of labor going on or anything like that. Uh, but apart from that, there's, there's no real limitation. Um, hopefully, when the volunteer website uh, is, is properly up and running, we'll have... Um, 
kind of details of exactly what we're looking for. Certain certain roles would require uh, skill sets and things. If you're going to be supporting with the website, then you will need some some technical expertise, for example. Um, but we'll have that will all be mentioned in role descriptions. But in terms of the smaller micro volunteering roles, they should should be generally fairly open and and fairly easy to do and and pretty quick in short term. Is there a limit to how many times you can volunteer? No, there's no limit. Um, what we would hope, in fact, is, is for people to be involved uh, consistently and regularly. That would show that they're having a positive experience with us, and I, I would I would openly encourage that. So. Um, in terms of micro volunteering, um, it's and, and and all volunteering roles, it's as much as the individual feels they're able to to give. What we'd always ask people before they fully commit is to have a think about exactly uh, how available they can be. Uh, a lot of people uh, can be really enthusiastic, and then when it actually comes to volunteering, realize that maybe they don't quite have the free time they did. Um, but once people have decided for themselves that they're able to contribute and they're going to be available and can help us out, then there isn't really a limit on, on as long as they're happy to do it, uh, we're happy to have them. So I guess the the sort of key things to remember are if you want to volunteer, um, you know, there's plenty of opportunities at the MS Trust and um, that the most important thing is just to be realistic with the amount of time that you're able to give because we're quite happy to be flexible. Is that sort of right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I haven't really uh, gone into a huge amount of detail about the existing roles, it's the role, the roles and, and the what we're looking for, I, I anticipate will change on a weekly basis and we'll put messages out on social media. Uh, for those who've expressed interest, we'll, we'll, we're happy to drop them a line by email and we will be putting things up on the, on the website as well. So I'm, I'm looking Looking forward to more detail appearing uh, as time goes on. But for now, uh, if people are interested, the easiest thing to do is to just just drop me a line, I think. Cool. Okay. thank you so much for joining us today, Mark, and for sharing a bit more about the opportunities available at the MS Trust. Thank you very much for having me. And we're back. So, yeah, I think it was really interesting, obviously, to hear from both um, David and Mark about some of the opportunities that we've got coming in 2022. As we sort of mentioned, I think it's really important to highlight that just um, simply by giving some of your time, whether it's for a podcast episode, as lots of you have done in the past, or sharing a personal story, helping out at a fundraising event. You know, there are lots of ways to get involved and it doesn't always have to be that sort of typical volunteer role that you'd think makes you a volunteer, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah, I think in the past, when you think volunteering, sometimes you think about things like stuffing envelopes or, you know, knocking on doors and things like that. And volunteering really hasn't, uh, doesn't have to be something like that these days. I uh, do volunteer myself at Park Run, where I help to do things like uh, cheering people on or or um, uh, do timekeeping and things like that. Uh, so, you know, volunteering could really be, be anything you want it to be. Like I said before, we had... Um, Will, who helped us with the podcast, volunteering for us, and he contacted us and said, can I help out with the podcast in any way? So um, it could be that you're, you're listening to this. I've got like a great idea that you what you would maybe like to do. So why not just drop us an, an, an email and see if this is something that we need help with and we'll, we would love to have you. Yeah, exactly. It can very much be a two-way thing. You know, it doesn't have to be about um, us assigning tasks or anything. If you've got a specific skill, if you think there's something that we could be doing more of um, and you'd like to offer your support, you know, whether you've retired and you've got a bit more free time on your hands perhaps and, you know, you've got a specific skill that you used to use a lot and you kind of miss using that, 
or even if you're sort of just starting out in your career perhaps you're at university and you want to gain some more experience it's volunteering is just a really great way to do that and it gives you those opportunities but also the flexibility as well yeah well and then the more people with them as that we can get involved with our work the, the better absolutely um, I suppose it's also a great way as well to get different voices from the MS community. You know, David sort of talked about the voice project, um, but it's not just, you know, those specific focus groups that offer us the opportunity to hear from different people in the MS community. You know, there's some voices that we may not be hearing from um, enough of or things like that. You know, by by volunteering, that's a great opportunity to hear um, some of these different voices. Yeah, and if you don't, if you feel like you're not being heard, then definitely get in touch with us because uh, we do want to make everyone's uh, voice uh, for people with MS heard. So one way to get involved is to let us know what you think about uh, our podcast. We'd really like to hear about what you think um, would make some brilliant future episodes. So why not drop us an email at comms at mstrust.org.uk or leave us a voice note on WhatsApp and that's on 0745 yeah, Please leave us some messages. We would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, just a quick note, please be aware that we cannot answer any questions on WhatsApp. The account will only be monitored for voice notes and contributions to the podcast. So do remember though that if you've got any questions about MS, we're here for you. Our inquiry service is available from Monday to Friday except UK bank holidays and that's from 9am to 5pm. Outside of these hours, you're welcome to leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. So you can call our inquiry service on 0800 032 3839 or you can email us at ask at mstrust.org.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. Uh, one thing you can do to help us with volunteering is to spread the, the, the word about this podcast. So please let people know about it and, you know, as they say, like and subscribe. And we would like to say a big thank you to Anne Chapman Audio for the music to this podcast also, who is also a volunteer.